You're listening to episode 26 of the Money Owners Podcast with me, Morgan Rochard. Money Owners is a podcast for people who want to be mentally and financially crushing it. This podcast does not provide investment advice, and nothing in this podcast should be misconstrued to be investment advice. If you'd like more information on Money Owners Coaching, the podcast, the homework, and everything I have to offer, visit moneyowners.com. What's happening, my fellow money owners? So I am thinking about doing something different for the next four episodes. I wanted to do a four-part series on entrepreneurship, so unless anybody objects... Which I don't think anyone's going to do because I'm the only one in this room. Um, That's what we're doing. So um, I'm pretty excited about it because I'm hoping to reach some small business owners out there who are having some trouble and who want some advice on what's going on. Um, Before we dive into it, I just want to say this episode is coming out at the one-year mark. Um, So we've been putting these episodes out every two weeks or so, episode 26. That means that's the uh, it's been one year of money owners. And honestly, I can't believe it. It's been such a crazy ride um, from the beginning when like, I literally was so uncomfortable with a microphone that I would sit and read what I already typed up because I was just so like concerned that I wouldn't be able to just speak into the microphone and talk to myself to like literally being able to talk to myself for an hour straight. Um, <laughs> so I'm quite proud of everything that has been accomplished over the last year in Money Owners. And I really hope that um, all the listeners out there are getting some good advice and are feeling really confident about their financial situations. So um, my hope for you is that if you're diving in right now, that you really do go back and listen to all of the episodes. I know some of the ones at the beginning, they might seem a little bit painful because I am reading from a script. I know it stops at episode four, I promise. So just like hang in there. Um, do the homework. From um, I've had some listeners reach out and tell me that they've been doing the homework and that over the last year, they've actually made some huge changes. So um, I think we've talked about this in a bunch of episodes where you really actually can make good changes in your life over 90 days. So imagine what you can do in an entire year. Um, and one of the reasons why I've been putting them out every two weeks is so that you actually can apply the thing that we've talked about in the show over the two weeks. So Even if you're not a small business owner, I think you'll get something out of this one, and I hope that you listen to the next four, and maybe you'll even want to become a business owner after you listen to them. All right, so (laughs) this episode is going to be on deciding to start a business, so the things that you need to do before you take the plunge. So the people who I'm talking to are literally people who are, maybe you're not working at all, and you've decided that you want to start a business or you're somebody who's in a corporate job right now and it's always been your dream to start a business. And one of the things that you need to keep in mind, especially those folks in the corporate jobs, and I typically tend to work with a lot of those people in my financial planning practice, it's really a mindset that a lot of these folks have. Um, the number one thing I hear is like, you you like what you're doing, but you don't like where you're doing it, is usually like a sign that maybe you want to go start your own thing. Um, another thing I hear is... is um, People who work in corporate jobs where they can't really stay in that in any specific corporate job, they always kind of have like a little bit of a problem with management, or <laughs> they kind of want to do something their own way, or you know they're they, they're coming up with ideas faster than like the bureaucratic environment around them can actually handle it. So um, that's typically one way to know that maybe business, starting a business is for you. Um, something you should keep in mind though, right? If you do become your own boss, you need to be accountable to yourself. You need to hold yourself to the same standards that maybe somebody would hold you to in a company. You need to really be good about time management, carving out time on your calendar, keeping your personal life and your business life separate, really setting
setting business hours and setting personal hours. That way you can actually like accomplish the things that you set out to do in your business. So you're not like, you know, turning on Netflix while you're trying to get a client, you know, email sent out. Like that's not a good way to run your business, right? So like make sure that when you are running your business that you were actually running your business. And when you are spending time on your personal stuff that you're spending time on your personal stuff. I kind of, I see that sometimes where people, they kind of, they get lost between the two. Um, especially people who work from home, they can't really separate the difference between things that are going on in the house or things that are going on in their business. Um, I happen to have a home office and basically the rule in the home office is that when you walk into that home office, you're working. And when you're out of the home office, you're not working. Um, and we happen to also have a Peloton bike in our home office. So, um, that corner of the office with the Peloton bike, I'm also not working. I'm on my bike. I'm not on my phone trying to answer emails. Like I'm taking my workout. So um, this is something that's really helped me over the last five years grow my financial planning practice. And then over the last year doing what I've been doing with money owners is to be able to just really kind of segregate those two things and making sure that like I time block on my calendar, that I get everything set up the way that I want to, and then I honor those hours. So what I see happen quite a bit for people if you know they're not feeling like they have good time management skills or they're feeling like they're overwhelmed and they're busy and they're working all the time. A lot of that has more to do with whether or not they've put time on their calendar and they've actually honored that time to do the thing that they said they were going to do for their business. It's a lot easier to do that when you're in a corporate job and your boss just says to you, hey, I have a deadline. Um, you need to arbitrarily set deadlines for yourself and stick to them. And the more that you stick to them, the more you are going to stick to them. So this show is actually a really good example of that. I made a commitment to put these out every two weeks. I have almost always put these out every two weeks. There have been a couple of weeks in the middle where I have not, um, and I apologize for that, <laughs> and I own that. But um, yeah, I have arbitrarily set that as the time for me. So I know that I need to record them. I know that I need to get them out to my editor. I know that it needs to go out on Friday or Saturday because that's the date that I said and I set for myself that I would do. So these are all things to keep in mind before you start a business. The next thing to think about, now you've already decided that, yes, I'm a business owner, and yes, I can be accountable to myself, and yes, I can totally do all that stuff with time blocking and management and everything that you're talking about. I got this in the bag. I want to go start my business. Okay, great. <laughs> you need to write a business plan. And I don't mean like that stuffy kind where you're like going to get a loan from a bank for your business and like they make you write that pro forma financial statements and all that other crap. I don't mean that at all. I didn't do that for my business. I don't usually tell clients to do that for their businesses. But the real question, the one question you need to answer, and it is your business plan, is how will you make money? I know it sounds so simple. How will you make money? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> we will have a worksheet on this. So you're, if you go to moneyowners.com forward slash 26, we're going to have a worksheet with all of the questions that were that are going to come up today. There are actually a lot of them when it comes to deciding to start a business and all the things that you need to do before you take the plunge. So I'm going to just kind of throw a lot of questions out there at you and definitely go on the website if you are in the stage where and really fill these out. And even if you've already started your business, maybe it's still a good idea to go back and fill in some of these things because maybe it'll get you a lot more clear on what you're doing and then you'll be able to kind of push forward and push through some of the struggles that happen at the beginning of a business. So you need to answer how will you make money? All right, so I'll just use my financial planning practice as an example. So um, when I first started my financial planning practice, the thing that I said I would do to help people um, to make money in my practice was that I would 
find people who wanted to invest their money and then I would help them invest it. My practice has definitely evolved from there, right? But all I'm saying is that you kind of need a minimum viable product when you start a business. For me, that was my minimum viable product. It was, okay, I'm going to go out there, I'm going to get people who, you know, they they want to invest their money and I'm going to help them invest it. <laughs> it has evolved since to becoming like more of a life planning and um, holistic financial planning practice, so to speak. I, and I'm very proud of what it has become, but I'm just telling you where I was at the beginning. Um, then after you answer, how will you make money? You need to dig a little bit deeper. So it wasn't just enough for me to say, hey, I want to help people invest their money. Who are those people? Where can I find them? How much am I going to charge them? Right? All of these things kind of play into how I will make money and how much money I anticipate making per client, let's say, in my practice. Um, and how many clients I necessarily will need to sustain what I'm hoping to build. So that's actually leads us into the next point of what kind of money do you want to make? Have you thought about that? Okay, so like you're making, maybe, I don't know, you were really successful at your corporate job and you're making over $200,000 a year. Do you want to make that in your business as well? Or did you save enough where like your business is kind of a passion project and yeah, you want to make money because that's a good way of measuring whether or not you're good at owning a business, but maybe it doesn't necessarily matter to you versus somebody who says, no, like I need this to support my family, right? <laughs> They're kind of two different things. Or I have some, you know, big expenses coming up that I really want to be able to cover with my business. You actually need to calculate how much money you need to make. So you got to add it all up. I know that's like kind of terrible. You got to go back maybe to the budgeting episodes that we've had um, or the cash flow management episodes that we've had and literally go through your credit card statements or find a budgeting software and literally tally up how much money it is that you need to make on an after-tax basis. So just to make the numbers really round, let's just say that you need $75,000 a year for um, expenses and your tax rate is 25%, then you need to make a pre-tax $100,000 a year in your business. Let's say, I don't know, you charge $10,000 per client in your business. Then you need 10 clients, right, to make that $100,000 so that you have $75,000 in an after-tax basis to support your family. So these are things that you definitely want to be thinking about when you think of what kind of money you want to make and then what kind of money do you need to make. Um, and, if, you know, if you're doing a like a product-based business instead of a service-based business, right, how many widgets do you need to sell? Like, that's like the thing from the economics textbook. How many widgets do you need to sell? Um, and not... <laughs> <laughs> and um like on an uh, a net basis. So I don't mean like the the um the cost that you list it for, like the price that consumers pay. I mean like the how much it costs you the net. So you'll have a cost of goods sold. Um you'll probably also have some other expenses related to getting that product out there. So you really need to know what your net number is that you need to make. So in your business, for example, when we talked about that ten thousand or um sorry, hundred thousand dollar number. Yeah, maybe you need 10 clients to make $100,000, but maybe you also have some expenses in there. So maybe you actually need, you know, 15 clients because you have 50 grand in expenses and that would net you 100 and then that would actually net you the 75 after taxes. So all things to be thinking about when you're thinking about starting a business. Um, the next thing is you need to be thinking about, excuse me, <laughs> you need to be thinking about the specific steps that you need to do to take your product to market. So how long do you think it'll take you to do it? And what are the exact steps that you need to take to bring people in, to bring customers in, or to bring clients in, or to bring patients in, or whatever your practice is, right? To bring them in. How long will it take? What specific steps do you need to do? Do you need to, you know, what kind of marketing do you need to do? How many people do you need to be talking to on a regular basis? All of these things play into, like, the business plan. How will you make money? 
And you also need to be thinking about what your offer is to the world, meaning like what value will you actually provide to your clients or customers in exchange for their money? Um, you know, this is like something where custom, uh, companies typically have mission statements. And I think it's like a really good good way to be thinking about it. It doesn't have to be like the most, you know, I don't know. Like it, it doesn't have to be like you're at the top of a mountain looking out and it's like the most the, the pinnacle of anything you've ever thought of. That's not what I when I'm thinking of when I think of a mission statement. I'm literally thinking of like something that you can articulate very easily to people as to what you're doing so that they want to give you their money in exchange for the goods or services that you're about to provide to them. Um I think sometimes we think we have to have like this this whole story and all this stuff instead of just being like, "Hey, like I help people with their money." <laughs> Um, and like in my specific case, in my financial planning practice, right? Like I help people who are business owners with their money. And typically these people, they have, you know, irregular cash flows that we have to work out. Um, and that's how I help people. I help people manage their cash flows essentially. Um, and maybe that's like kind of a lingo term. So maybe you can even, you know, make that a little bit easier for people to understand. I'm just kind of like throwing stuff out there for you. But these are all things that you need to be thinking about when you're thinking about your offer to the world. It'll also help you believe in what you're doing. So it's like the mish, right? You have to believe in your mission. And the best way to believe in your mission is to have a mission statement that you personally believe. All right. So what should really be in place financially before you start? And we talked a little bit about like setting up what kind of money you need to make, right, in order to make your business work. But typically businesses don't make that in the first year. (laughs) I've seen people do it. Um, They're rare. So it typically takes people, you know, anywhere between two and three years to really get a business going, um, to get everything in place that they need, to really have like clients and cash flow or customers and everything else to get the name out there. So when you're keeping that in mind and you're starting a business, not only do you need to be thinking about the money that you need to make, but you also need to be thinking about like what your cash flow will look like over that period of time that you're trying to ramp up to that number. Um, so for those in corporate, typically what that means is that you're you're building an emergency fund and you're thinking about the expenses. So some people, they like to cut their expenses while they're in corporate before they start their job. Um, that way they can build their emergency fund faster. And then it also helps them kind of be lean when they move into becoming a business owner. Um, it's super helpful if you're able to like think about your expenses before starting a business and start cutting them. That way, like when you actually go to start the business, your personal expenses aren't the thing that drowns you. Um, I've seen it happen with people where they just got to go back to work because they just can't they just can't sustain the spending that they had in their in their business. Uh, I'm sorry, in their personal lives with their business income. Um, and I'd hate for that to be you. So like definitely start thinking about it. If you've already started a business and you've kind of blown through your cash flow, like maybe think of some other ways that you can get some income coming in, some extra income on the side or something like that. Or think about how you can reach a wider audience of people and bring them into your practice. That way you can, you know, get more income coming in. Um, I just, I'd hate to see your personal expenses be the reason why it drowns you. But the other thing to think about is like, you might want to make really drastic changes in your personal life as much as you can to keep your business afloat. If if you really, really believe in what you're doing and you really want to keep doing it and you love what you do. So cash flow needs are super important. The other thing is asset liability matching with your investments. So the thing I would hate, I, I see sometimes happen with business owners is, um, they typically are more risk taking, 
people. That's one of the reasons why they're able to like leave a corporate job and go start a business to begin with. It's like they have a really high risk tolerance. So they're usually invested that way as well. Like they usually have, you know, more stocks than bonds or something like cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, something like that, or they've got real estate, right? They've got things that they're either illiquid and they're higher, you know, higher investment return, expected return generating assets. Um, and they typically don't hold that much cash and they typically don't hold that much in bonds. You really need to make an asset liability change. So the liability being your personal expenses when you go and start a business. Um, and you also, if you are a risk taker in general, sometimes you tend to make big investments in your business um, that maybe you didn't take into account when you first did that business plan. I had this happen with one of my clients where um, super awesome guy started his own business, um, really high risk tolerance. So um, immediately came in, basically was 100% stocks. Um, and we had to reallocate his portfolio. And we looked at doing two to three years worth of personal expenses. Plus, knowing him and knowing his personality, we added some some padding there so that like, you know, if he wanted to go out there and make a huge investment in his business, he would have the cash to do it. And it turned out that he did that two times over the course of the first two years of his business. Um, and the thing that I just I actually found amazing was like, like, he there was a bunch to push back on it and he didn't want to have the cash around or he didn't want to be in short-term bonds and that kind of stuff to be able to, you know, meet the potential liability. And we actually, <laughs> we didn't ask that liability match enough. We actually could have had more cash, which I found to be pretty interesting because um, I thought that I was really being conservative about the numbers that I put out there and um, turned out that he wanted to, to do even more than we had anticipated. So these are things to think about when you're thinking about your personality and being in a, in a business as a business owner. Like, are you the kind of person who like sees something and it might be really expensive, but you know, you can generate a return on it. So you're going to go and invest into your business business and pile a bunch of cash into it. If you're the kind of person that's going to do that, you need to plan for that in advance. Um, and we talked a lot about asset liability matching on the last episode, um, the Q&A 25. So if you're curious about asset liability matching and how to do it, go check that out. Um, it was the first question that was actually about like monetary policy um, and the economy and everything else. But there's a whole section in there about asset liability matching. So definitely check that out. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is just entrepreneurial mindset in general. So sometimes I see people who want to start a business, but they're, they're really not cut out for it. <laughs> um, and I think before you've actually started a business, it's actually a really good, good idea to evaluate your personality and who you are and what you're actually able to do and, you know, whether or not that's for you. Some people, they just aren't business owners. Um, and some people really like what they do, don't like where they're doing it, but can't actually run a business. Uh, and there are a number of reasons why that may or may not be true. Um, the thing is, though, is that you kind of have to evaluate the kind of person that you are. So are you the kind of person that has like a lot of ideas, but no follow through? Um, typically, that's not somebody who's able to run a business. Um, you need to have follow through, right? Because like the stuff isn't actually going to happen if you're not able to do it. The other thing that I tend to see with people is like, oh, well, you know, anything I can't do in my business, I'll just outsource, which is great um, and definitely something that you want to be doing down the line. But you need to know how to do it before you outsource it. So it's really important if you're going to be managing employees or even outsourcing to a contractor that you actually know how to do their job before you go tell them to do it. Otherwise, how are you going to check their work or how are you going to even tell them how to do their work, even if they know how to do it? for anybody else, they don't necessarily know how to do it for your business. So it's really, really important that you're able to kind of put on all the hats that you can within the business, like down to bookkeeping, which yes, you can outsource, but you do need to do that yourself at the beginning just to see how it works. Um, like 
if you're, you know, you don't think you're good at managing employees, yes, eventually you can hire somebody to manage your employees. But at the beginning, like that's an expensive thing to outsource. So you probably want to be doing that yourself. So in which case you need to be thinking about leadership and um, how you're going to handle that and what kind of like how you can rise to the occasion to do those things. These are all things to be thinking about before you're starting a business. Um, I typically see this quite a bit where somebody starts a business because it's a hobby that they love, that they think that they can turn into a business. And that may or may not be true, but you also need to like recognize that there are other things behind the scenes besides just doing that hobby. So for instance, like in my financial planning practice, if I was just good at financial planning and not actually running a business... Yeah, I can. I could probably get my business off the ground. I could probably get some clients. But once I'm kind of at a point where, like, I can't handle, like, I have, you know, too much client load and not enough stuff going on behind the scenes, actually, you know, working on operations and making sure that everything runs and making sure that the finances work and making sure that every, literally every little thing behind the scenes is going, like, my business is going to break down or I'm going to have to hire people, um, that can help me. And then maybe I don't even know what's going on. So I'm hiring people and it's not working out, right? These are things that I see happen in businesses where they kind of hit an inflection point and they think like they're so busy they can't handle it. So they start outsourcing stuff, but it doesn't actually go in the direction that they think it's going to go. So you want to think about like setting yourself up from the beginning, if you can, um, getting good operations in place, trying to be as efficient as possible, seeing where you can be more efficient, getting processes in place. Are you the kind of person who can get standard operating procedures in place? all the time and stick to them and refer back to them. Um, trying to think of all the different ways that you can kind of automate stuff that's, you know, that's easily automatable or, you know, getting comfortable with the software like Zapier is really important. Um, these are all things to be thinking about when you are becoming an entrepreneur. All right. So other things to think about is like, you know, you need a business name, tax ID number, legal structure, maybe insurance. Um, if any, you know, think about what potentially you would need to run your business if you needed business insurance. I wanted to kind of dig into the business name. So I've seen people who really could be business owners get so hung up on their business name and website that they never go and start their business. Don't be that person. If you want to go out there and start a business, it literally doesn't matter what you call your business. <laughs> your business can be called, you know, Morgan Richard LLC. <laughs> Because I didn't use that, you know, like, I literally don't care. Just take it and start a business. I like I, I would do anything for you to just go and do that. Um, and then, you know, do a DBA later and figure out what you actually want to call yourself. Just get out there and start your business. Don't get hung up on the website. Don't get hung up on the name of your business. Don't get hung up on like the stationery that you're going to have or the cards or like the logo. All of this stuff is like totally irrelevant. Um, I know that you think it matters. I, I know. And, I, and believe me, I was there because I started a business. And I frankly wish I didn't waste so much time on it. I mean, the other thing I see people do is like they get hung up on what softwares to use in their business for certain things. It's like, just pick a freaking software and move on with your life. Um, like how many hours are you going to waste doing things that aren't going to bring you in money? And you may think right now, oh, the website's going to bring you in money. The website's not going to bring you in money, okay? The website is there so that people who already know about you will basically go on that website and make sure that you're not like some fictitious quack who's selling them some garbage, right? Like, that's really what it's there from the beginning. And eventually, yeah, maybe when you get into like some SEO and, you know, social media marketing or whatever else you're doing, the website will be important to like drive traffic and everything else. But at the beginning, like literally just do anything you can to get out there. Don't get hung up on all these little details. Minimum viable products all the way. All right. 
Business person, eh, business spend versus personal spend. Sorry, I don't know why I'm having so many problems talking today. Um, anyway, so there's your business spend, right? So there's the actual expenses that are going to go into your business, and then there's your personal expenses. Don't intermingle those things. <laughs> so there's definitely like a line, and we could probably do an entire podcast on like business deductions, but I, I really would like fear boring the hell out of everybody about this, um, of like what you can and can't deduct. Really, like, you need to be thinking about your business expenses as separate from your personal expenses. You need to stop cocking around with all the things that you think personally that you can deduct, right? Um, If it has a business purpose, you can deduct it. And if it doesn't, you can't. (laughs) And then, like, move on with your life. Um, I actually, I put out a piece about, not specifically this, but about, like, um, $2 things that people, like, you know, spend their lives getting hung up on but really don't matter in the grand scheme of things. I'm not saying that your business deductions don't matter, but what I am saying is, like, don't get so hung up on them that you, like, can't go out there and, and like, bring in clients or customers to your business because of it. Um, I've seen people get hung up on, on these little details, and these are all things that you could sort out later. Just, like, go out there and do it. Um Another thing to consider, right, if you have a home office and let's say you're renting, you want to consider like deducting a portion of your rent or your mortgage. Um, These are all things that you could be doing. Um, Same thing with a car. I've seen people say, oh, I want to get a car lease so that I can fully deduct my car lease. And it's like, okay, well, if you actually did the math on that, maybe it would make more sense to just buy a pre-owned vehicle um, and then deduct like the IRS's mileage on it um, because you'll save so much money off the top from not buying a new vehicle or leasing a car. And then you'll have a break-even point at which point what you won't be paying any car payments anymore, but you would still have been paying the lease payment and you'll definitely make out better. I promise you will. So um, I think sometimes we get really tempted by the idea of deductions and um, they don't really do that much for you. Like, yes, they are, they're basically like a 25 to 30% off sale. They're not like it's not free so basically anything you run through your business is less net income to you if you were going to spend it anyway for your personal expenses i get it you want to do it because it'll be a little bit cheaper that said like do you really need it i think those are and if it is a just a really a personal expense should you actually be running it through your business probably not so all things to be thinking about when you're deciding to start a business and you're thinking about things in you know that are business expenses versus personal expenses in that business plan that we were talking about about. You really should be tallying up all the business expenses you expect to have in year one, year two, and probably also year three. This will be especially helpful when you're like mapping out how much money you need to have saved so you can actually go and start that business, right? Because you're probably going to need to inject some capital into your business to get started because you really won't have any income coming in. That's going to come from like your emergency fund, essentially, or some bonds that you have in your portfolio. Um, You also should be tallying up your personal expenses that you expect per year. Give yourself a buffer, right, in case emergencies come up. I don't know, you break your foot and like you have really bad medical insurance. So like you have a bunch of stuff out of pocket or your boiler breaks or like this happened to me. My son um, literally grew in the middle of the summer. So we had summer clothing and summer shoes and then he grew in the middle of the summer and we had to buy all new summer clothing and shoes yes, like that was a totally unexpected expense. (laughs) Granted, it wasn't that high, but like these are things to be considering when you're trying to run like a bare bones thing where you've, you know, you've cut all your personal expenses um, and then things come up anyways. So just have a buffer. I like to, you know, tally up total expenses um, and then, you know, multiply that by, you know, 1.05, that 5% buffer to give you like the actual number that you probably should have saved in the bank. 
And then think about whether or not, you know, you want one, two, or three years worth of expenses in the bank. Um, You probably don't need one, two, or three years worth of business expenses in the bank because you'll start getting some income from the business, and that'll offset some of that stuff. But you might want one one to three years probably three years of personal expenses in the bank. Um, that's something that I was really happy I did because my business was able to really, you know, do everything. It went through like the typical cycle of like losing money in year one, barely making money in year two. And then year three is really when things took off for me. Um, and I see this kind of happen all the time with my clients. So I would also, I would hope that you prepare in the same way that I help other clients prepare. All right, so... Now that you've thought about all those things and you're, you know, getting really excited about starting a business, I want you to think about like how you evaluate a business spending decision before you go into business. So I think it's like such a mistake when people go into business that they don't think about these things and don't think about like return on investment. Um, These are things that like the finance types were all over. We love ROI. We like can't get enough of it. Maybe to a fault. But here, I'll just give you an example. That way you can kind of think about, you know, how you can evaluate business spending decisions. So let's say you decide you want to pay a marketing person $10,000 a year. And let's say you sell your services for $3,500 per client, but it costs you another $1,000 per client to run your business. So you really sell your services for a net $2,500 per client in addition to that $10,000 marketing person that you're thinking about paying. You need that. So when you're really thinking about it, right, you need that marketing person to bring you in four clients to just break even, right? Because you're going to net about $2,500. You're paying out another ten grand. You need four clients to pay for that $10,000. So I guess in some regards, you would say like, okay, that's a good investment because at least I broke even and I got four new clients and maybe I stopped paying that marketing person and then I have ongoing $10,000 extra dollars in revenue. Or you can think about it of, hey, I need to bring in five clients and that's a 25% return on investment i.e. $25,000 divided by $10,000 per year. And this is pre-tax, obviously, not post-tax. So the thing you really need to be thinking about when you're thinking about paying a marketing person is, can this marketing person help me bring on five clients? And how long will it take me to bring on five clients? In which case, like, can I do that in the whole year maybe that I'm paying this marketing person 10 grand? Or like, is it going to take me more than one year? In which case, I'm actually going to be paying this person potentially 20 grand and only taking on five clients, right? That would be a net loss. So some of these things, they seem really self-explanatory. But I just kind of want to like lay it out for you so that you're you're thinking more along this mindset of, of that as opposed to just like, hey, okay, that person seems reasonable. So I'll just pay them a bunch of money. Like, You really need to be thinking of, okay, how many leads are they going to give me? How many of those leads are actually going to be warm? How many calls do I need to take with those warm leads to convert clients? How long are those calls going to take me? How many calls do I have to have with those people before they turn into a client? How many of those people who are going through this process of maybe one, two, or three calls actually become clients? These are not really things that you can know before you start a business, for sure, but these are, I just want you to be thinking about how you need to change your brain when you're going into business. So it's not enough to be like, hey, I'm really good at fixing cars. So I'm going to go out there and start a business that starts, that fixes cars, right? You're going to still have to go out there and somehow market your services to people so that people come in and bring their cars to you. And you need to know how much it's going to cost you to fix those cars and also how much it's going to cost you to market to those people who can then come in and fix those cars. So just all things to be thinking about when you're starting a business. And the last thing I really want to talk about is who do you need to be right now 
to keep going when the going gets tough. So it's really easy to be, to be that person in corporate being like, everything sucks here. I know better than my boss. I know better than that person. I know better than that person, that large, you know, corner office that's overlooking all of downtown Manhattan. And I'm going to go out there and do it on my own. And then like you're in month six and you've made no money and you potentially lost money and nobody wants to do business with you. <laughs> And you're like crying on your pillow at night because like you didn't plan properly for this because you thought you were hot shit, right? And you went out there to try to start a business and it wasn't happening. I mean, month six, right, is really nothing. But I mean, these things happen, right? Because like years one through three are hard. So yeah, month six is going to feel bad. Month six is probably going to be one of those months where you're like, you know, stress eating and maybe pounding some alcoholic beverages and complaining to anyone who will listen to you about, you know, what was me and people aren't coming into my business. So how can you make yourself more resilient? What are some of the things that you need to remind yourself of? Or maybe you can make a list of things that you can say to yourself when times are hard that will really help you get through it. Um, and I really, I, I like this example a lot. I think it's been used before, um, but I'm going to share it here again. It's the example of doctors, right? So doctors, they have to go get, right? Usually what happens with a doctor is um, at some point in their childhood, they decided they wanted to become a doctor. So I don't know, maybe their parents said, oh, you should be a doctor. And they were like, you know, actually, I, I like helping people. And that sounds like a good idea to me. And then they like, in high school, they take advanced science classes and advanced math classes so they can get into a specific college, right? Then they go through a bachelor's degree. They take the MCAT. They go to, M to medical school for another four years. And then they typically do residencies for another three to seven years, they usually get a pile of debt um, in the process. So, you know, basically over the course of 11 to 15 years, they are working their butts off to eventually have a payday, essentially, where they'll be making a lot of money and doing the things that they want to do. And I just think it's like really inspiring to think about because when you talk to a doctor and they're like in the middle of their medical school um, degree or they're in the middle of their residency and they're like tired out of their mind, they're not really thinking about quitting, right? If they really believe in the mission, which is something we talked about at the beginning of this podcast, right? When you believe in the mission, you continue doing it. And when you have a path set out for you to do that, you continue to go on that path. And I think a lot of the reasons why like we as business owners don't do that is because there's no set path, right? There's no like, you know, we don't really think, okay, there's no equivalent to the bachelor's degree and the MCAT and then the four years of medical school and then the three to seven years of residency and then voila, we got a job, right? There isn't, it isn't really like that when it comes to entrepreneurship, but you have to forge that path. So a lot of, I mean, yes, it's really hard to be thinking maybe, you know, 10 to 15 years in advance of what you'd be doing, but you need to, you do need to be thinking about like how you can get there and what you need to be doing for the next 10 to 15 years to really become that successful person that runs a business, the person who can, can continue to run that business, who can use that business to, you know, fund the goals that they have in their life and, you know, be there for their family and maybe pay for kids school or maybe pay, you know, pay for healthcare for a loved one or take a trip around the world or any of these things that we talk about, you know, like get a vacation place because that's really important to you. Um, I, I would just hate for you to like quit in year three because it's really hard and you didn't really think about what it would be like, how you would be, how you would actually get yourself through that. Um, and for me, it wasn't easy. Uh, I definitely cried to my husband a lot. <laughs> Poor guy. He has to like listen to me all the time. Um, but he, you know, it's okay. I have to listen to him too. Um, but yeah, so I just think like, 
it was hard for me, and I changed my business model many, many times to get where I am today. Um, and I wanted to do a podcast like this because I really wanted to kind of, you know, get my voice out there and share really interesting things with people. But like this first year of Money Owners hasn't been a cakewalk. I mean, it's basically just been me talking to myself and like, you know, talking to a couple of clients. That's about it. Um <laughs> My financial planning practice, thankfully, is successful, right? But it's you know it's it's not easy running two businesses, and money money owners is only in year one, and I imagine it's going to be a tough road probably for another two years because that's just the way that it is. So, um, it's all about your mindset, though, right? If you know, like, hey, if I just do all the things that I set out to do, if I do all, if I check off all those boxes on my list, and if I you know make goals and and I achieve those goals, and if I you know time block on my calendar and I and I really get out there and I market myself and I do all the things that I'm going to do, like this will happen for me after three years. This will, and from years three to six, maybe I need to have, be thinking about different problems. But you know, I'll get there when I get there, and I'll confront them when I get to them. Um, but that mindset that you have is very important and you need to remind yourself of the wins and you need to also, you know, experience the losses because like that's kind of part of life is life is a struggle and it's hard. And these are kind of all these things that we've been talking about on this podcast is right. Like pain and suffering and everything else, right? Like that's going to happen to you. I think you need to expect that it's going to happen to you. And you know, it's not about whether or not you're able to avoid pain and suffering. It's about what you are doing in that moment when you are suffering so hard, who you are in that moment and who you can be and who, like how you really kind of pull yourself up by your pants and get out of that situation so that you can continue to run your business. So I hope you enjoyed this uh, week's episode of Money Owners. I am going to do um, three more episodes on entrepreneurship over the course of the next, I guess, two months or so. Um, I hope you listen to them, even if you're not a business owner, just because like maybe you'll want to be one one day. <laughs> I kind of hope everyone could be a business owner. I feel like, you know, there's there really is something for everybody out there. Um, and even if it's like a side hustle, you know, even if like you do work a corporate job and you do like a little, you know, a little side business, a little hobby business, um, and it, you know, everyone can learn something from running a business. So um, if you like the show, leave a review. Please give me five stars and give me all this nice, good, free information. If you want to work with me, um, you can find me on my website, moneyowners.com. Um, there's like a little, you know, contact page on there and you can submit to work with me or you can literally just schedule right on the, um, right on the website for a mini session with me. And I will talk to y'all in two weeks. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Bye.